Hey, Brandon. Hello. Uh, this is the Interledger Community Call, 17th of March. Uh, it's our bi-weekly call. Um, we have a pretty open agenda today. Uh, we're going to start off with a quick discussion of which um, systems are known to be um, supported by Interledger settlement plugins. Uh, and then we'll see where that conversation takes us. Um, so kicking off with that, Pei, you, um, you asked the question, do we have a list of uh, ledgers and blockchains that interledger is interoperable with? Um, I'm not aware of a list per se. I guess um, we had a list of settlement engine. Uh, actually, we didn't have a list. It was mostly just repos that you know, where the, the settlement engines people were working on. Um, were kind of known about, but not actually explicitly listed anywhere. So uh, no, I'm not aware of a list. I don't know if anyone else is aware of a place where this is kept as a server registry or a, um, a list. David, do you guys have anything like that? Do you know? Don't have a list. I was just looking in the RFC though. Um, I feel like I, there was a list somewhere, but I might be just thinking of the um, XRP settlement engine. Okay. One sec. I'll, I'll yeah. come back in a minute. Yeah. So, so I mean, architecturally, the um, to be interoperable with an underlying settlement system um, basically means somebody wrote the integration, built the uh, built the settlement layer. I know we had some folks on the call um, not too long ago um, that were demonstrating their integration with Hyperledger Eroha. Um, so that's quite an exciting one. I found out recently that Eroha is actually deployed in Cambodia as a retail CBDC. Um, it's live and being used um, you know, in production, as they say. Um, so it'd be interesting to find out if uh, any of the folks that worked on that are actually now looking at using Interledger there. Um, yeah, I've, I've been supporting that one in Cambodia. Context on oh, okay. Um, Go ahead, Kincaid. So we, so previously we've spent a lot of time um, designing like an interface to integrate um, different ledgers and external settlement systems. And there have kind of been a number of iterations of this. Um, I'll post a link in the chat that I think provides uh, um, is one of the frameworks for building these um, settlement engines um, and kind of explains how it works. Um, in various, uh, in the past, throughout various uh, iterations and projects, um, I mean, we've had integrations with payment channels on Ethereum, the Bitcoin Lightning Network, payment channels on XRP, on ledger settlements on XRP, um, you could you know think of uh, you know on, on the network today where you know we had, you know there's Coil, Uphold, GitHub. Um, they have settlement arrangements uh, with one another. Um, so there are you know different all these different kind of models for um, settling. Um, I think the challenge with a lot of these, the, the cryptocurrency um, blockchain-based settlement is having built a lot of that, like I, I struggle with what the end user experience is. Um, at Kava, we built this uh, cryptocurrency trading application called Switch, um, which was kind of like a, a crypto, non-custodial crypto or a crypto wallet that uh, enabled non-custodial crypto trade. Um, and in order to enable that, we had to onboard users to like these layer two networks, create payment channels. Um, and there are so many um, compromises um, in the user experience that I, I think can't, reasonably uh, be resolved um, just given the constraints of the technology um, that I am, I tend to be 
pretty skeptical of using crypto settlement with Interledger as kind of an end user. Like it's possible if you're like, you know, maybe two, two counterparties want to settle over, you know, use uh, um, some cryptocurrency to settle that, you know, that might make sense. Um, but it's tough to answer the question like which um, blockchains does Interledger support um, without also like asking the question, okay, what does that look like for the end user? Like, who, like, like, I don't think we know what what that integration like. We well, we've made efforts to do that in the past. I don't know that what from the perspective of the application. I don't think we know what that integration looks like. I think that's a yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. Um, I would say we've learned that the use case is mostly. Like the only thing that really needs to surface from settlement is the currency. Like what currency am I sending? And even then you might not even settle in the same currency you pay. And if you have some wacky settlement agreement that allows you to not do that. But, but I would agree. I think, um, well, the one thing I would maybe say challenge you on is like for a developer who wants to, you know, prototype something and use real money. Um, cryptocurrencies are a really nice rail because they're um, permissionless. You don't have to go and get an account with someone, but that doesn't take away the fact that today to use the Interledger network, you do need an account with someone. You need a you need an uplink, who's you know a provider who's on the network. So um, yeah, the implication is like however you can settle them <laughs> doesn't that that's that's sort of the thing that matters and. And I think the non-custodial use case in that instance is basically disappeared from favor completely because if you're trusting an uplink, um, you, you're probably going to like pre-fund a balance with them and then spend it on the Interledger network. You're not going to be sort of funding it as you spend it or whatever the case may be. At least that's my, that's my intuition. So, so are we, are we, uh... Are we looking at some of the new things that are coming out from the uh, US regulatory regime, AML, uh, KYC? Uh, is, is there anything underlying? Because this is a question I asked about a long time, it's been about two years ago. How do, how do we actually, how do we, how do we port the KYC and AML uh, information in in the in the in the transaction because mm -hmm. that, that's that's what the American authorities want to see. Now, I mean, and it, this is I, 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 of course that wasn't two years ago. That wasn't the problem, but I just I foresaw the problem in in Denmark uh, because the Danish government was uh, well the, the tax authorities were kind of like going completely ape. Which, which is what the uh, American authorities are now with after uh, Biden got in. So uh, are we are we are we compliant with some kind of of, of extendable KYC AML uh, data in the transaction level? So I've been thinking about this a little bit lately and I actually don't think we should put that in the interledger layer. If you think about how an interledger payment could be uh, initiated in the first place, it has to be set up somehow. You have to know who you're paying. Are you doing stream? Are you not, et cetera? And it does seem like if it, it simplifies the protocol as well to not have it in that layer. So if you imagine there's some higher layer on top of the interledger that can um, orchestrate or coordinate KYC identity information with interledger payments, then you would likely have enough to satisfy a regulator. Because you're, if you're a connector operator, you'll always know. Um, well, if you're initiating a payment, like uh, so, big asterisk here. This maybe breaks down a little bit if there's this big, huge sort of network of intermediaries. But 
for now, we're not seeing that. Uh, people are hesitant to be intermediaries. They're hesitant to be in the middle for this reason. So like, I think the deployment models we're seeing are two connectors talking to each other where the inter or where the counterparties know each other. And solving KYC in that kind of a topology seems like it should just be happening at the layer above where you set up the payment. I, I understand that, but it, 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 it's more a rhetorical question because uh, uh, you know the regulators are going to get after us uh, very quickly to, to try to uh, have you proven this. I mean, there, there's a new uh, thing coming out uh, or actually out already from the U.S. Again, uh, everything seems to be America-based uh, on, on wanting to shut all this uh, crypto stuff down but we, we we need to be, we just need to be cognizant of of we need but we need to have some answers uh when this question comes up and i was actually talking to the new uh national bank director of of uh, the danish national bank and he was kind of like yeah we 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 can't just uh we we can't just have Tom, Dick, and Harry doing settlements in in your own system, right? That they they don't really there's there's a level there's a level of trust with with the central bankers that that we're not getting at. In 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 order to promote this on the uh, CBDC uh, level, and that, that's that's one of the problems I'm having in 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 Cambodia right now. That everybody the, the only ones they can actually do any intelligible transactions with are actually the the chinese but that takes uh, over two weeks to settle so i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just saying we we need <clears throat> we need to take this into account that that if if we're having these kinds of of uh yeah, let's call it roadblocks from from the the old generation that doesn't understand crypto. We we need we need to have some answers uh, to to be able to kind of satisfy them that we're not um, like what uh, Janet says that everything is uh, porn and and uh, we're buying drugs with uh, crypto and stuff. I mean that this has been going on for twenty years or well, eleven years anyway. <clears throat> where we, we, we just, on, on the AML and, and, and KYC, we just need to have a very, very structured approach to, if we don't put it in the layer, that's okay, that's, that's fine with me. But we need to have a layer that we refer to that this is the way that it, it's, it's taken care of because otherwise they're going to look at us and say, Oh shit! They're not doing AML and KYC. So it, it's it's funny money. I I just I don't want to be in that. Uh, I mean, we spent enough time on this for uh, we don't want to be in that kind of uh, categorization of 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 the authorities, which we have been for a long time. But we 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 want to get out of that. It sounds like you're making sense. a point about crypto, though which seems a little orthogonal to interledger. Like um, in the interledger, you'll have likely intermediated payments, right? So KYC, like uh, it's not the case that there will just be random individuals. Uh, I mean, you, random individuals could be running connectors, but they're unlikely to be widely peered because the institutions that require KYC AML won't be able to, um, it would be harder for them to just peer with random connectors. So I think on the interledger, you're gonna find institutional intermediated con connectors, right? With somewhat limited peering, but those connectors then would be able to offer accounts to end users. You see this with Uphold, for example. And Uphold can, you know, they're, they're satisfying the KYC need because they own the customer. So that's like, that's a problem of its own. I think you're maybe speaking to a broader problem, which is like, how does crypto 
satisfy KYC. And if you look at the way Interledger and crypto interact, you have a bunch of payments theoretically on the Interledger layer that will be netted at the crypto layer. So if you imagine a big payment system in the future, you'll, ha you'll have only a few sort of layer one payments settling the Interledger debts. And those will be also somewhat trivial to KYC because <clears throat> those will be likely regulated institutions that are making large settlement payments with each other and they'll track them themselves. Yeah, but then, then, then the whole point of making interledger from the beginning is, is going out the window because that was supposed to be a, uh, um, and a non-centralized intermediary layer uh, to, to, to be able to do uh, transactions between different, well, when I joined, it was between different ledgers. I was, I was at IOTA at, at that time. Um, so how, how, my idea was with, with Interledger in the beginning was um, the brilliance of having having a solution, uh, a, a great solution where if I pay you XRP, if I have XRP and you have IOTA or you have Obyte or Gbyte or whatever, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, I don't have, so as, as an end user, I don't have to think about what you're paying me in if I have nominated that I want to get paid in, 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 in Bitcoin. And I think we've 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 completely flowed away from that uh, user experience. And that's why I, I just wanted to have an update uh, today because otherwise we, we we're we're going to have to put some other things in 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 into place. And yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I would Quebec, The only two ways to do that are. Uh, entities running connectors, like somebody has to provide that liquidity in your example pair. Um, no, I, I understand so that, that, I understand. That's yeah. either gonna be an institution that's gonna be regulated, which I don't think satisfies what you're looking for. And then the alternative would be some kind of non-entity operated, uh, you know, like a smart like, contract like, of some kind. Like Binance. <laughs> Something, yeah, like some kind of smart contract-based connector or liquidity pool that speaks interledger, which is yeah, but a I, possibility. I, 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 it's just not something that I, we've never really focused on that use case. I'm not sure if it's a good use case or a bad one, but it hasn't really been a, a focus. No, but it, right, it, I think it, I interrupted it, someone it, else too. So feel free to jump in. Good, John. Oh, with me. I, I, I was going to say along the lines of what you, you said, David, like, I, I don't think, um, I, I think definitely uh, Interledger has evolved over time and like the ideas and the use cases, I think that we've been targeting have changed. Um, I think during the course of the, geez, it's been a long time, um, eight years almost, um, not quite, uh, seven years that we've been working years, on this. Yeah. We've, we've realized that for an intelligent network to fit into the existing financial infrastructure, that the majority of the people running intelligent connectors are going to be licensed to do so. Um, and so... But then we're centralizing some stuff, right? Well, no, I don't, I don't necessarily agree we are. I'm not saying there's only going to be one connector. Um, I'm saying... To be a connector, you're gonna have some sort of a license. Now, Uphold and GitHub are already in that game, and and there's thousands of Uphold and GitHubs in the world, to my mind. Um, what what we have to do is continue developing the protocol and the the ecosystem so that it's appealing to people to replicate what they've done and peer with them. And you know, I think for a lot of those people using crypto as an underlying settlement asset makes a lot of sense because it's fast and it's easy. But that's the 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 goal of Interledger in and of itself is not a currency exchange. It's a payment network. Um, so you know I guess 
we've had to learn along the way what the roadblocks are, are going to be to establishing that payment network. One of them is the main primary operators have to be licensed or they have to follow the, the laws and the jurisdictions that they're in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, so I'm not sure I, if that I, answers I, your question. I I understand that, but however, that that is uh, so so. What I was hoping that we, we were going to arrive at that, 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 that this is not now, but so yes, it's a payment. It's it's an exchange of value system. This is what I've been harping about for. The last seven years, so the the value uh, needs to be arrived at at a certain point, uh, equitable value. And and I've I've, I've been in the bartering industry for uh, thirty years, so that that's a conundrum by itself, right? So if if I have a pick and and you have two pairs of shoes. Is that equitable value for for me and for you? And and if we have to take it down to that kind of level, then it 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 almost never is. So we need to have a, a, a distributable model where we kind of break it down. And I say, okay, I I want to pay you in Bitcoin, and you want to receive your your payment in 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 XRP. Yes, we need to have an exchange mechanism that that is trusted. Well. Yeah, trusted uh, in 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 the in the funding mechanism as to what is the current value of XRP and what is the current value of of, of Bitcoin or whatever. I mean, it, it could be any any kind of pair. <clears throat> and then immediately when you when you push the button, that that, that was my idea in, in in the beginning. Immediately when you when you push the button, it it can be fiat as well. Doesn't matter. Uh, but I just see so so if 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 you look at the digit, digitalization of of exchange of value, why wouldn't we why wouldn't we put an exchange mechanism in there as to what is worth what 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 is worth? I think that's the, the better. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with the problem statement or it being a useful thing to establish. I'm not sure if that's the goal of the Interledger protocol. I mean, Interledger facilitates the creation of an ecosystem like that by you know creating the layering so that the nodes in the network can apply um, value exchange and can apply their own rates and ratios. And you can, you know, in the future, you would hope that uh, pathfinding on the network would be a way of establishing the, uh, you know, you, you, you turn pathfinding on the network into a way of finding the best um, rate of exchange between two assets. But like, and, 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 I, and I, I mean, I sympathize with, you know, there's a lot of people who got involved in Interledger really early on and um, there were a lot of really exciting and interesting use cases we contemplated, but the reality is to get there, we have to build all the foundational infrastructure first. And, um, you know, there's nothing stopping a group of people taking the protocol today and building a network that does that. Um, and that being a network that's fully decentralized and private, but they would have to figure out how they get that network to fit into a world of highly regulated um you know payments if you never touch fiat currency if that if someone wanted to create a interledger network that only used crypto i think they may be able to get away with it I, this is not legal advice disclaimer but you know um i think for a lot of us involved certainly from coil side we're thinking more about use cases involving end users that that don't care about cryptocurrency they for them they care about um payments they care about being able to um, facilitate commerce that's impossible using the existing rails that exist that are out there today and and making 
payments a sort of native feature of the internet so that you know things you do on the internet and and um and services you provide and so on can be exchanged for value really easily it's, it's more i think or certainly this is my perspective it's more about making value exchange a native part of the internet than solving for you know exchange between different asset types and i apologize i have to drop but i've, I've made david i've made you the host <laughs> i just I, I i voted you i have to get onto another call um but this is really interesting sure I'll, I'll pick this up on the recording later thanks thanks very much guys yeah any more thoughts there uh from anyone on the call or, or you pair hmm Yeah, I, I, I just think <clears throat> I, I, I had to drop off for, um, well, during the Corona uh, thing because of personal things. But I just think we've, we've drifted in uh, a little bit of a, we're, we're going back to a centralized uh, thing. And that, I, I don't think that was, that was not, at least in my mind, that was not the original uh, thing that we we began i mean most most of you guys were were from uh ripple anyway right so it was it was more about making rails that that were outside or not outside maybe maybe smarter settlements quicker settlements that that was that was the original thing because we all we were sitting seven years ago i mean I, if, if i had a, a, a a transfer from Europe. One of my customers paid me in 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 Bangkok. It would take uh, seven days plus potentially five. So seven plus five for me to actually get it into my account, right? Um, my my interest eleven years ago with with Bitcoin was uh, holy shit. This is fifteen minute settlement. I can live with that because we never would. Back then, we'd never seen anything as, as quickly as that. And, and, and that was what I was hoping that we were going to be building on that so we could make also in, interoperability for me is, is I don't care what, what you want. If, if it's fiat or, or if, if you want chickens like in, in Colombia or whatever, we should have a mechanism that can, that can kind of translate the value exchange, I, th I think maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit too uh, um, philosophical on, on what I would, but th this is what I wanted from the beginning, seven years ago. Uh, and being able, to, being able to quantify the value exchange between two people that don't know each other. And this is where the, the AML and, and KYC comes in. So if I give you a chicken, maybe I have to prove where the chicken came from. I'm, I'm taking it down to a, a dumb level here. Uh, sorry if I'm offending anybody, but if, if I give you, uh, so, so what, what, what Yellen is saying is, is with, with crypto, we're crooks, right? Everybody is a crook. We're, we have bad intentions, which is not true. What is, what is the most used instrument for corruption? That's US dollars, right? That, that's, that's the bill. So I'm, I'm, now, do we want to take it down to it's, so I'm, I'm working with a company in Denmark right now where we're making programmable money uh, or, or value exchange where we actually say, so if, if my, my son goes to university in, in Copenhagen, um, I'm paying his rent. And when I pay his, when, when I send him money to pay his rent, he cannot use that for anything else but paying rent. He can't go down to the local pub, well, which he can't anyway here right now. He, he can't go out and, and, and spend it for anything else. That, that was kind of the, the thing that I wanted to, to try to see if we, could, we, if, if, if we could build something into the interoperability uh, 
and I, I know a, a, a few governments, in, including the, the Cambodian government, actually wants programmable money because then they can they can take uh, taxes at the source. So if I buy something from Amazon, it's not Amazon having to pay me. I just take it as the transaction goes through my my payment get, gateway. So the, those are some of the things that I, I think we we kind of floated away from from uh, the original thing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm. I haven't been in, involved over the last uh, year and a half, two years. Uh, so, if that's the way the community wants to go, then that that that's it. But I just I just want to. Uh, I just want to make a point that there are things that we can do to include these things in, in what it is that we're trying to do to make it a little bit broader and more palatable, also from a, from a, a government govern point of view, a regulatory point of view. Uh, if, if, if we get to this point where we have programmable money, it, it, that, that goes both ways. So we can actually tax at the source. So when I, when I make a, a, a purchase on, on the internet, it doesn't matter. I am I am a citizen of of Europe. I live in Germany, but I'm a Danish citizen. So if if I am uh, if I buy something from China, it's not up to DHL to to determine what is my sales tax or import duty or whatever I have to pay when I'm, I, I import something into Germany. It it's actually done at at the transaction level. That that's that was my original thought uh, seven years ago. That, that I thought that was that would be fantastic. Anyway, let me uh, stop harping here. I do want to emphasize or maybe re-emphasize what what Adrian said a minute ago, uh, perhaps in a similar but maybe slightly different way. Just the this idea of. Um, centralization maybe or uh perhaps a, a a different way to conceive of these systems is uh maybe the word permissioned versus permissionless um i feel like interledger kind of sits in the middle i mean the internet analogy is always seems like a good one uh comparing that to interledger so for example when you want internet access you i don't think anyone calls the internet um permissionless per se. I mean, it depends on your jurisdiction, <laughs> but certainly um, it feels that way because there's not much of a gate in terms of you, you, you go to a service provider and once you get your account and you get on the internet, you can kind of do what you want for the most part, but you, you don't have unlimited free range even on, or free sort of not free to do anything on the internet, especially depending on the country you live in. Uh, so there is a notion of um, permissioned access to this sort of distributed network of networks on the internet. Um, and it kind of works like I, I think you could imagine a system, maybe Tor tries to come close where it's like, there are no rules or whatever, but um, I don't know, when I look at the internet, it seems like a strictly bigger set than something like Tor and it, and it, it essentially works. So it, in my mind, the interledger sort of can sit in the middle of completely being permissionless and, and permission. There's some permissions that you're going to need to operate on in the interledger and depending on what country you're operating in, that might be KYC AML, it might be, who knows what it would be, maybe sales tax or whatever transaction fees. I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that you can completely escape um, your sort of geography or your country that you live in and whatever those rules might be. Uh, ben, I, I don't I don't think that that's well, that that's another philosophical uh, uh, argument but I, I don't think that's what we need to do right now uh, but we, we need 
we need to, so from my point of view, it was more inclusiveness in, if, if we look at the Filipinos, uh, right, sending money back to the Philippines. And if, if you then look at the Western Union with a up to 28, 30% cut on, on when they send money back, right? That, that's highway, in, in my, that was why I got involved in, in the first place when I, I lived in, in Bangkok. So when you when you when you send money, or when you when you exchange value with somebody, your family at home or or whatever, then there's some kind of middleman, and that that was our biggest uh, goal in, in the in the beginning that we should be reducing that overhead as much as possible. I, I, and 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 realizing that we realized from the beginning that that would never be zero. Uh, there's always going to be a cost to run the computer and blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, but I think we, we've, we're, we're now talking a little bit too, too much of a centralized uh, uh, distribution model, uh, talking up the, uh, the, the, the banker side. I, I, I don't know where, I mean, what, what, what's, what's the business model now? Uh, for Interledger, who who are we? Who are we talking to? Who would be using us? Central banks or? I mean, I think it could be anyone, right? It's sort of like saying, "What's the business model of the internet?" And, and every entity in the internet ecosystem has a different business model, right? So, if you're an ISP, you're well in the U.S. at least, they typically charge by month, right? Um, if Maybe you're a wireless voice provider. You know, everybody has their own sort of business model, if that makes sense. Yeah, revenue model. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I'm. I, I'm not. I don't see the all the systems kind of have to work together, uh, like they do on the internet and in the interledger. It seems like that would have to be the same. So. Uh, if there was only one intermediary for the whole worldwide interledger, yeah, that would be like centralized and probably not great. But it does seem like it's like a distributed system. And so just having centralized institutions in a big distributed system doesn't seem problematic to me. So I can't tell if your primary objection is, hey, the fiat systems are excluding crypto and maybe that's gonna happen on Interledger or if you're actually objecting to some centralized notion of the Interledger, like maybe there's only gonna be one party I think, that I controls think, the Interledger. I think the, the big problem right now is on and off ramp for, uh, for crypto to, to fiat, right? That, that's what we're all running into. Um, mm. I'm, 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 and I, I, in looking back at what we've been talking about, uh, let's just say the, the two years back and five years back, it, it was more to to kind of solve the problem that we we would have. And again, that 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 now all these new uh, things coming in with the with the American authorities are obviously roadblocks to to what we were talking about back then. But it, it was. It was a decentralized intermediary for exchanging value. Um, I mean, five years ago or seven years ago, we, we weren't really thinking about AML and, and KYC, but now we are. So we have we have to put that in there. But that 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 that's back to my my thing about. Um, what, whatever I want to receive, I nominate in, in, in my interledger account, right? So I, I only receive Bitcoin. Now you, you say, I only, say uh, I only send uh, Ethereum, but then there's a mechanism in, in between there where it's automatically settled in, in, a, in a fair manner. And I, I, I just don't see that we're, 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 not, we're not getting close to that. 
it, it's it, it's now being taken out in into a more of a central banking uh, solution with rails and stuff like that, like a like a payment system. And to be honest with you, I mean, we have so many payment systems in the world; it's it's not even funny. I'm, I'm working with a a company in Singapore right now where we we've just done discovery on how many different payment rails and, and and for every fiat you have probably 20 different payment rails right and, and bank of bangkok has uh 20 different banks uh 22 different banks that are trying to do their own their own thing so i'm, I'm coming back to so what is what is the what is the ultimate problem that we're trying to solve with interledger i'm i'm and I'm getting confused now after after seven years. Uh, yeah, there, I think there's a bunch of problems that could be solved. To your point, um, interoperability. So if you want to move from crypto to fiat, for example, that's a problem that Interledger could like play a role in in helping to solve. But it's somewhat contradictory if you think about it to want to interact with fiat and all of the things that come along with fiat but not want to play by the rules of fiat the, the two probably won't work together if that's the assumption right so i think you know if for for people to exchange value from crypto to fiat like you got to play by the rules of whatever fiat system that you're trying to sort of swap into or out of. So and, 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 and I'm I'm not negating that, of course. Yeah. Because if 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 we if we try starting and and this is uh, one of the very early conversations was uh, how can we avoid this? And and that was very quickly kind of frowned upon upon and and and, and kind of we, we we shouldn't be doing that because that would only get uh, uh, so seven seven years ago with Mount Gox and stuff like that, that that would that would definitely not be a, a that would not be a, a, a good uh, one pager for uh, interledger protocol. We're, we're we're trying to avoid every regulation in 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 the world, right? So um, that that that's that's not the point. The the, the point is more. As we are under these uh, rules and regulations, how how do we how do we best comply with those? And and I'm seeing that everybody is painting the devil on the wall with with AML and the, the new I can't remember what the new one uh, the uh, traveling uh, what what the hell is that uh, thing they just introduced in in the US the, the traveling. So, so you you can only do a transaction. I, I think it's is it fifty fifty dollars in the U.S. You can you can cash out without any uh, KYC or AML, right? They've they've really uh, if if I go to the bank if I if if I cash a check in 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 the U.S. I I, I can't remember now. It's been a long time since I've done that. But you can you can cash a check up to a thousand dollars, and it's it's actually. Uh, protected by the uh, whatever uh, the, the central bank. Um, so yeah, I think that the path here is to go to those institutions that have those rules, right? If you have a $50 this or that, or whatever the example was you just used. Interledger doesn't, Interledger is just a protocol, right? With some software. So like that you would have somebody that institution would have to work with their counterparty to satisfy those rules. I think that's just a, that just has to happen. There's no way around that. So we just need to embrace that there are gonna be those rules. Like if, if you use the internet analogy, nobody, um, you know, TCP IP, for example, doesn't address bank robbers, but no. you know that if you're gonna, if you're, in France or, or in the US or wherever, and you're deploying an internet network, um, 
well, I don't know, maybe, maybe they think about bank robbers. I'm not, I'm not sure, but like it, essentially like if they want to think about bank robbers and try and prevent that on their network, then they should and can, but it's like an orthogonal, it's a thing that the protocols don't negate, but the protocols are at a different level, right? So it's almost like it's important to have, but it's not the right level to be solving it like at TCP IP. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about that layering is like, you know, if I'm in my home and I want to use TCP IP in my home, I don't have to worry about bank robbers because I don't have a bank in my home and it's just my home, right? But if someone wants to deploy that in a banking scenario and they want to worry about, you know, online cybercrime, they can actually layer on other technologies on top. And they should. So yeah. I, that's how I kind of think about Interledger, like, people in the ecosystem need to solve for these different requirements. We, we can't solve for everything because it's, it's going to look different no, no, in but, every jurisdiction. No, no, but, but what we're, what we're trying to build in, in the beginning was to have like a Lego brick system where you could, you could, you could attach stuff on top of the, the, the main layer, right? So uh, the main protocol. So, so we have, we have, the stream and then you build bridges to whatever we it, it is that we we want to do uh, and everybody have their own what do you call it uh, instances uh, of, of what they want to use this for and i i, I think <clears throat> it's just a statement i i, I just think that uh, we've gotten a little bit away from from what we originally were thinking and uh, i think uh, adrian uh, I agreed with that that we we've, we've moved down up maybe i should be on a few more calls in the next couple of months since i have time now so um i'm just i'm just seeing <clears throat> we're building a protocol that that's actually being centralized uh, and that that really wasn't that wasn't the intention in 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 the beginning In my mind, Interledger is mainly just to be able to do payments uh, across different ledgers. Uh, in the past, most of the thinking was around cryptocurrencies. And what's happening today is with actual wallets uh, posted by companies. Uh, but like the being able to send a payment from one ledger to another is like that's that's being realized and is happening today like today coil has customers who pay them like in a way they have a balance on the coil ledger and they can go to a website and with interledger and web monetization a payment is made to someone uh who has a wallet account at uphold or at gatehub and like the, the coil customer, all they worry about is like, do, do I want to, am I okay having my money handled by coil? And for the uphold customer, all they have to care about is, am I okay with my money being handled by uphold? Um, but, but payments and cross-currency payments are able to happen from one to the other. Um, and yeah, like has been discussed, like Adrian said, like other other more complex use case things can take place above that. But in terms of the question, like what's Interledger trying to solve? I think that's what it's trying to solve and it's doing it. Yeah, okay. Well, guys, I'm, a, I'm on a call here in about uh, five minutes. So <clears throat> I got to drop off. Uh, Hope I didn't stir up uh, too much uncomfortability. I've, yeah, that's I've good been, discussion. Uh, Thank you, Pear. I've, I've, I've been a little bit uh, lax over this COVID uh, thing. My wife has had COVID twice. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible, but what the fuck? <clears throat> Excuse my French. Um, so we've we've had some other priorities. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved because I'm I'm involved in the uh, 
in the Cambodia uh, CBDC. Uh, I'm involved in, in a few other ones as well. And we we want so what my my just my leaving point is how how are we looking at these CBDCs uh, being able to interoperate with with us for instance is that something that we put into our stack um, and 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 let me be very clear that most of so Cambodia is is is, is only looking at this from a point of of they're digitizing their way out uh, local currency um or kayat sorry um but it it it's mostly done to get the us dollar out of circulation so they can control and they can recognize and this is where this is where my whole my whole point about centralization with with interledger we're actually going to be we're, we're going to be helping the cambodian government to reach their biggest goal is is basically introducing programmable money so they can they can tax at the source that, that that's the that's their whole point because then they they don't have to do anything. They can fire twenty thousand people in 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 the uh, in the tax department and 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 uh, uh, what do you call it? Import uh, the the duty uh, department stuff like that. And and then they have they have ultimate control over their internal economy at 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 the source and. I think I think we need to start thinking about what these people are thinking about because it if 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 we leave it to them we're we're going to be behind as as we have been um, that, that I'm not talking about you guys as a different different economies um, and I, I I would like I would like to add that maybe to the next. Uh, to the next meeting, but what what do we what how do we feel about C, CBDCs and and what is the role of of interoperability and interledger in in that in that space? How how do we attack that? Yeah, uh, sounds good. Sounds like a good topic for the for our next call. So feel free to post that on the forum. Uh, the interledger forum. I'll do that. Yep. And uh, it's probably a good stopping point here. Uh, thanks for attending, and we'll talk to everybody uh, in two weeks. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks.